It is now time to shout praises to the Lord God Almighty. Did not the Lord keep you this past week? Did not the Lord wake you up this morning? He kept us through storm, rain, sickness, and pain to the sanctuary audience as well as the live streaming audience. We ask now that you would join with us as we welcome you as we praise the Lord God Almighty. Now let us pray. Our Father, creator of heaven and earth, we thank you for allowing us to assemble under your ever-watchful eye and under your unfailing protection. Lord, bless those who are experiencing flood issues, including those who are being displaced. We ask the Lord that you bless their transition, and we ask the Lord that you would comfort those who are bereaved. We've also come seeking your forgiveness, healing, inspiration, and guidance. Make kingdom use of our hands and our minds and guide us from day to day. Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all thy quickening power, kindle a flame of sacred love in these cold hearts of ours. Oh, raise our thoughts from things below, from vanities and toys. Then shall we with fresh courage to reach eternal joys. Wake our souls to joyful song. Let pure devotion rise to praise and pour thankful tongues and doubts forever die. Come, Holy Spirit, heaven and dove, with all thy quickening power, come shed abroad our Savior's love, and that shall kindle out. Hear our prayer, O Lord. Incline your ears to us and grant us your peace. In the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. Now the gifted minister of worship and the ecstatic angelic choir. The Praise the choir. Lord. Come on, stand to your feet. It's time to give him glory. Come on, put your hands together. Simple song says, Lord, I love you more than anything. Here we go. Lift your voice. Just says, Lord, I love you. 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 More than anything. More than anything. Simple song. Say it again. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. I place no one above.
because worship is still at hand. If you've been here for the past two weeks, pastor's been preaching on my story. And today we want to give you a little verse of our story, but in the second part of the worship song, you may be able to identify it. And when you can identify with something, the proper response is amen. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And in the second part, I want you to obey the word that says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Yes. Simple songs is, You don't know my story. You don't know my story. Or the things that I've been through. Or the things that I've you can't feel my pain. What I had to go through. Yeah, you'll never understand. You'll never understand my pain. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to figure it out. Because, because my worship. My worship. My worship is for real. Hey. Oh, it's personal, y'all. Because my worship. Because my worship. Yes. 
us low. Come on. I've been through a lot. Way too much. Not to worship him. Way too much. This morning our scripture comes from Jeremiah 18. And it reads as such. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there, were, there I will cause thee to hear my word. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrote a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. So he had it again, another vessel, that seemed good to the potters to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as the potter? Said the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it? If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning, Kate. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father and our God, Lord, we just come this morning to worship you. Not only to worship you, Lord, but just to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for just being God all by yourself, Lord. Thank you for giving us a mind to come out to Cade Chapel one more time. Lord, thank you for keeping the doors of Cade Chapel open, Lord. For over 140 years now, Lord. 140 years of serving you, dear Master. Lord, we thank you for walking with us. And Lord, we thank you in advance for walking with us another 140 years. Lord, there's so much going on this morning, Lord, and through our world. And Lord, we just ask that you look in on our city of Jackson this morning, in the metro area, as the flood waters rise, Lord. Lord, we know we can build new homes and we can buy new things. But Lord, we just ask that you put your hands on the human lives, Lord. Lord, we know that you are still in charge and that you're in control, Lord, and we just say thank you. Lord, we just ask that you be within this service, Lord. Lord, we thank you for our pastor and his vision, Lord. Continue to use him, Lord, and continue to guide him that he might give your message, Lord, in different ways as he's done this morning. Lord, we thank you for those who are coming to share with us this morning, and we thank you for their testimonies. And Lord, we just ask that you continue to bless this church family. And Lord, be what you would have us to be, Lord, and be with us in this service. And Lord, we just give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. It's in your son, Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let us continue to stand and join with us in singing the congregational hymn, I Surrender All.
morning, Kate Chapel. There's still time for you to pick up your ticket for the Old School Review. This event is sponsored by the Kate Chapel Mission Ministry and will take place on Friday, February the 28th at 7 p.m. in the Lily Wright Family Life Center. Tickets are only $5 each and can be purchased in the Old Fellowship Hall. The Youth Department Spring Break Trip will take place on Saturday, March the 7th from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Youth ages 5 through 12 are welcome to enjoy a day filled with academic, political, and culturally enriching activities in the historic Selma, Alabama. Registration is required and ministry leaders are currently distributing and collecting registration forms each Sunday through February the 23rd. If you have questions, please contact Sister Sharon Turner Davis at 601-291-9324. The Futures Ministry is still collecting graduate bioforms for those individuals who receive a degree in higher learning from a college or a university. The form can be downloaded from the KJAPL app or obtained from any member of the ministry. The deadline for submission is March the 1st. Couture Cares is calling all high school senior girls for the prom dress giveaway in Jackson, Mississippi. Say yes to the dress at no cost. Join us here at Cade on Saturday, March the 14th. Registration is required to attend. Text PROM 601-33777 to RSVP. The Women of Faith invite you to join a finance and insurance workshop here at Cade on Sunday, February the 16th at 2 p.m. This event is free. Come out and learn about FPU, credit cards, savings, insurance, wills, and much more. Refreshments and door prizes will be available. For the entire month of February, we've been encouraging you to help us replenish the Benevolent Fund. This fund allows us to provide assistance to those who reach out to Cade in need. Not sure why you should give? Check out these few reasons. Treasures Kate Chapel and help us be a blessing to those in need. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the Kate Chapel family, just send an email to KateChapelAnnouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the submit info tab on the Kate Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Well, good morning, good morning. Let the church say amen. Let's say amen again. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and we're glad in it. Amen. We certainly are keeping our brothers and our sisters in our thoughts and in our prayers throughout the city of Jackson who find themselves affected by this morning's flood. And we know that God is a very present help. And if you have not been 
affected, you ought to thank God. Amen. If you have been affected, you ought to know that God is still on the throne. Amen. And we as a church family, we are committed to helping those of you who are in need. If, uh, if there's anyone in our uh, church community who finds themselves in need, particularly of emergency housing during this time, we want you to contact members of our benevolent committee, uh, Brother Crump and Brother Sims, uh, who will guide you through the process to make sure uh, that you have emergency housing available to us. We want to thank uh, those who have worked with us to make sure that we could secure that housing uh, and that that is available to our members and non-members alike. Amen. Uh, we, we're not discriminating on who we give help to. I wish somebody would say amen in this house. We're not discriminating as to who we give assistance to. If you need assistance, we will provide it. And the reason we're able to provide it is because UK Chapel are so giving and so liberal in your giving, particularly during this month, uh, which we've dedicated to replenish, replenishing our benevolent funds. Somebody asked the question, why is it that so many people are in need uh, this time, this year? Uh, it seems like we're giving so much more than we've ever given before. And you're right, we have. We have. We are giving much more than we ever have before. And, and it seems that some of the answer to that came to light over the last couple of weeks. If you've been watching the news, uh, those who have been in need, those who qualify for temporary assistance for the needy, uh, uh, those funds have been embezzled. See, y'all not talking to me. Y'all acting like you ain't going to connect the dots right here. If you connect the dots, the people who need the money not getting the money because the money is in somebody else's pockets who don't need the money. It's real simple. It's not hard calculus at all. Amen. And, and so we, we are receiving those, those requests at an alarming rate at a much faster rate than we have before. Uh, but we are, we are assisting those who are in need. We aren't turning people away. Amen. And so we're able to do that because of your generous gifts. What we're going to do this morning, as we have done uh, in, in uh, all this month, we will continue with our benevolent uh, uh, offering. But ushers, what I want you to do is move the benevolent offering to the end of service as we did at 8 o'clock. As we did at 8 o'clock, let's do it again at 11 o'clock. We'll move that offering uh, to the end of service by uh, having uh, plates and trays at the doors uh, when the congregation leaves. That way you can uh, deposit your gift uh, into a tray and a plate uh, as you leave, knowing that God has blessed you. You can be a blessing to someone else. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. We want to recognize our visitors, visitors at this time. Reverend Dunn, why don't you come and recognize our guests? Good morning, K Chapel. Uh, at this time, we'd like to recognize our visitors and be, ask all visitors, would you please stand at this time? All visitors, please stand. Please remain standing, please. We're not going to put you on the spot this morning. Just, just stand on up. Amen. Amen. All right, then. Remain standing. On behalf of our pastor, uh, Pastor Reginald M. Buckley and entire K Chapel family, we want to welcome you, each and every one of you with love from our hearts and open arms. We thank you for your presence. We are truly grateful for your presence here this morning. For we realize that you could have been anywhere else, but you are here with us at K Chapel, worshiping with us. A place where we worship, connect, grow, and serve. So if you're looking for a church home, this is the place to be. And before you sit down, we want to give you something that you can only get here at K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. It's all for our fellowship.
Good morning, Kay Chapel. There are those that are in need of your continued prayers. And I'm going to ask that you continue to keep our bereaved families in your prayers. Miss Bessie Jones lost her niece, Miss Romia Knott. That funeral service will be held on February 22nd at 11 o'clock a.m. at Society Ridge MB Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Romeo is also the cousin of Sister Elvira Jones. Mrs. Milan Smith lost her great-granddaughter, Mrs. Shaprinka Williams. That funeral the funeral arrangements are incomplete at this time. Sister Shirley Sanders lost her father-in-law, Mr. Albert Sanders. That funeral service for Mr. Sam Sanders was held on yesterday at Macedonia MB Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. Sister Thelma Donald lost her brother-in-law, Mr. Larry Donald. That funeral was held on Friday in South Haven, Mississippi. Sister Ernestine Ross lost her brother-in-law, Mr. Herbert McCathlin, and I just found out that funeral was held on yesterday down in Gulfport. We're going to ask that you continue to keep those that are in the hospital, in the nursing home, or even in rehab in your prayers. That, it, that would be Sister Aletha Lewis, Reverend Michael Jones, and Brother Kenny Williams. Continue to pray for those that are recovering at home. Sister Lynette Dennis, Coach Walter Griffin, Brother Frank Blonson, Sister Marilyn Langford, and Sister Vera Collins. And I have one card here that says, thank you for your prayers love calls and support during the difficult time we will forever be grateful the phrase is simple and the words are few but behind them is a whole lot of appreciation this comes from sister dora thickpin and as i always say as you go out to minister this week pray when you can visit where you can and each day thank god that you can amen Good morning. It is time now for our tithe and, and our offering. And it's time to bless the Lord now through our giving. And for those of you that are visiting with us via way of live stream, there should be a number at the bottom of your screen. And there's a reason why we give. We're understanding that Fully worshiping God includes offering, which are given primarily for three reasons here at Cain. We give because it demonstrates our obedience to God's word. We give as a sign of our thankfulness for God's supply and provision in our lives. We give because we want to see God's kingdom grow through the mission and the ministry that occur here and around the world through K Chapel, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and vermins do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasures is, there your heart will be also. May God add the blessing to the hearers and the doers of his holy and inspired words. Ushers, you're now in charge. 
Somebody ought to testify. Somebody ought to testify. Say for God I live, for God I'll die. Somebody ought to testify. Oh, somebody ought to testify. a sick room, a lawyer in a courtroom, somebody needs to tell and testify, get up and testify, get up and testify, get up, get up. Somebody ought to testify. Say for God I live, for God I die. Somebody ought to testify. Oh, can I get a witness? Goodness and testify. Tell of his goodness and testify. He woke me up this morning, started me on my way. He is good, testify. You ought to get up and testify. Get up and testify. Get up and testify. Get up! 
seated. Amen. Amen. Somebody ought to testify to the goodness, the faithfulness, and the loving, gentle kindness of a loving and almighty God. Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor, you got a story to tell. Oh, tell them like you mean it. You got a story to tell. You got a story to tell. Amen. Your story may not be my story. My story may not be your story, but we each have our own stories to tell. Our stories are oftentimes powerful in their own way. And our stories can oftentimes provide healing to those who need to know and need to be affirmed uh, in and through their struggles that God is yet with them. We're thankful this week, uh, this month rather, to be able to share uh, some of those stories of faith and hope, joy, resilience, some of the stories that uh, don't always end the way that we hoped and yet some stories end just the way that we hope, but all of our stories are yet being written by the master author, God himself. This morning we share a story with you by our, one of our own. Uh, you will recognize him, uh, but I'll let his story speak for himself. Media, let's share this st story in this episode of Stewards of the Story. My prayer a long time ago is, Lord, I pray to you because I don't want to wait till I get on my bed of affliction to call on you. I call on you while I'm closed in my right mind, and I have all the activities of my limbs. So when it got to this point, 2014, to where I found out I had colon cancer, which is where it started from, and I played so much to where my wife, they didn't believe that I had. I wasn't, you know, sick, but the next day when the doctor came in, confirmed it, I didn't get down about it. I was never depressed about it. I said, well, whatever it takes, we go through what we need to go through. And during the surgery, they found a spot on my liver. That was cancer too. So they put me on chemo. I was on chemo. It made me good for maybe three or four months. Then it come back. It came back. After it came back in my liver, it came back again in my liver and in my lungs. That was 2015. Had surgery on my liver October the 7th, 2015. Had it on my lungs December the 14th, which is my birthday. I always said, if death want me, it got to get me when I'm asleep because it won't catch me when I'm awake. I said, if death want me, you got to come get me because I'm not going to wait on it. So we've done those surgeries and everything was okay for a while. Come back in 2017, it came back in both sides of my lungs. 2018, I had surgery on both of them, on the lungs. The doctor told me, I said, Mr. Simmons, if they come back in your lungs, uh, we have to go another method because there's nothing we can do concerning your lungs because it's nothing to cut from. But God is so good and so favored me to way, to way the only way you know there's something wrong with me if I tell you. I look like the picture of health. I am in spirit, but not in body. But that I don't mind. A man asked me in Walmart one day, he said, if Jesus come back, Will you be ready? Most people say, yeah. If Jesus come back, will you be ready? Always raise a hand. That's not true. So I told that man, I caught him back. I said, no, 
if he come back, I won't be ready, but I'll be willing. Then I thought about Jesus. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I believe that. That's in my heart and my soul. I would tell anybody that. My God, Brother Simmons, you still here this morning, Brother Simmons? He left for the, okay, he was here at the 8 o'clock. God bless. You're at the 8 o'clock. What a powerful story, a story of resilience, a story of keeping on, keeping on, seeing what the end is going to be. Amen. We pray that that empowers you and encourages you in your own struggles and your own uh, challenges because we each have our own our own stories to tell. Amen. Choir's going to come and prepare us now for this morning's uh, message. As you can see, the message will be a little different this morning, so uh, just hold on and see. Choir, won't you come and prepare our hearts?
help comes from the Lord. Amen. Let the church say amen. Let's say amen again. Amen. All of our help. We will look into the hills from whence cometh our help. And in flooding times, we need to look to the hills. In desperate times, we need to look to the hills. In times like these, we must look unto the hills, believing all of our help comes from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Good to see each of you this morning. We give glory and honor to, and praise to God our Father, Jesus our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our Comforter, and our Keeper. As you can see, we're doing something a little bit different this morning. Pulpit is gone, but I promise you there is a word this morning. There is a word this morning. We were uh, talking, and uh, as we've been developing the series all this month, Stewards of the Story, uh, we were planning uh, from this particular passage of Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 6, where uh, the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah saying, go down to the potter's house. We've been praying about how, how to present that story, how to tell that story, how to preach that story. And in my study and in my time alone, um, the Lord did a few things. Number one, he introduced me to two new friends. Introduced me to two new friends. And, and as I met these uh, young ladies, um, I thank God that, that the Lord has brought them uh, my way. Uh, as, as we began to talk and share stories and understand uh, how God has moved in each of their lives, the Holy Spirit simply said to me, you don't have to preach Sunday. The sermon is, is right here. The sermon is in them. You don't have to preach. And, and so I, I, I thank God that even though I don't have to preach, uh, the word is still going to go forth. And so if you will, help me, uh, help me welcome... Uh, Sister Denise, Sister Denise Coleman, give her a K-Chapel welcome, if you will. We want to thank her for coming and being with us. I met Denise just about, uh, maybe about two weeks ago now, not more than two weeks ago. Uh, we were uh, in my office. I had a, a meeting of uh, some individuals, some lawyers, and uh, other people who work in, in uh, prison reform. And uh, we called a meeting to, to uh, look at some things and how we might engage and lean into that work. Denise was a part of, of that meeting, and all these people came in. We were sitting around the table. I assumed that she was part of the legal uh, defense fund, that, that, was that team that was represented there. But she was very quiet. She wasn't saying anything. And, um, and, and so a question was raised about... Um, uh, the difference between uh, those who serve life and those who are on death row, and if there's any difference uh, in, in particular as we're talking about uh, parchment and, and the conditions at parchment, uh, understanding the culture that exists in the prison systems. And when that, when that question arose, the, the one of the uh, young ladies who was part of that meeting said, well, uh, Denise can speak to that. And I assumed, well, Denise must work in that field. She, she must be a legal aider. And, and, and she quickly said, uh, I can speak to that because that's my story. That's my story. That's, that's not mine. That's not what, what I learned about and went to school for. That's what I did. Amen. And, and I want you to know, uh, we're about to go to school this morning. She's going to take us to school. Uh, Denise um, uh, served 30-plus years uh, in the prison system. And uh, we're going to get to all of that in just a minute, uh, but I want to sort of set the, the table so you understand where we're going 
uh, but understand that that's also not the end of the story. Amen? So, Denise, Denise, Denise Coleman uh, is your married name. Yes, Amen. Yes. Your maiden name is? Denise DeQuagan. Denise DeQuagan. Yes. And DeQuagan is, yeah, DeQuagan. DeQuagan is? DeQuagan is my father's name your given fa to me at birth. My father's Filipino, and my mother's from Jackson, Mississippi. Amen, amen, amen. Mother's from Jackson, father's from the Philippines, and you were born in New Orleans. Yes. Amen, amen. That's a nice little spicy mix going on right there. Amen. So, so born in New Orleans, and I understand you're from the Ninth Ward. Yeah. Now, we had a security guard stop me in the back just a minute ago. He said, Reverend, uh, I'm from the Ninth Ward. I need to meet this sister because we <laughs> might know each other. So I want to make sure we get you introduced mm -hmm. to him before you leave here. Okay. But uh, Ninth Ward, Ninth Ward, some of you, we've heard about the Ninth Ward. Ninth Ward yeah. kind of has a reputation. Yes, it it's, it's not necessarily the prettiest part of town. It's not the easiest part either. Not the easiest part either. Yeah, yeah, but that's where you were born. Tell us a little, about, a little bit about growing up in the Ninth Ward. Well, I grew up in the Ninth Ward, but I always, my parents were, um, political activists, and um, they both belonged to the NAACP, and that's where I started my work at, sitting at the table, teaching me about our people, teaching me about the struggles of our people, and that was so interesting in, in to me at that time, which I, I really would wish they used to stop for a minute, so I, could we eat some ice cream or something? Do we have to, how long are we gonna talk about this? All day and all night. Wow, wow. Wow, okay. You dedicated. Yeah, that's how you're going to be. Okay. So that's how you grew up in, in, in the Ninth Ward, but with, with a family who, who, who had some very strong values to yes. community, very strong values yes. uh, for social empowerment, social advancement. Mm -hmm. Mother and father, you said, were members of yes. the NAACP. So you were a child of the struggle. Yes. You grew up in that. I grew up in the struggle. You grew up in the struggle. Mm -hmm. And in fact, uh, at 17, or 16 or 17, you mm -hmm. were arrested yes. uh, as a part of, of demonstration. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, equal opportunity, civil rights was going, going on then, and we was trying to get us hired in Bakers and Woolworth and Burt's, if anybody remembers. <laughs> they got a lot of young people in here. Learner shop, if you ever heard of it, and um, oh, they, yeah, with, you, they with you right here. <laughs> 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 this, this is our group right here. Yeah, <laughs> learner shop, bakers, butlers, um, all those Woolworth. Yeah. Yes, so we was just gonna. We was too late to go sit in at the at the counter to eat, so we said we're gonna go in outside and we're gonna walk the streets in front of stores and we're gonna sing freedom songs and. We're going to keep on going. And I'm like, oh, yes. My mom taught me that. If you see the dogs, keep going. I forgot to say that mm -hmm. last time. Right. But you see the torches in the woods, keep going. Mm -hmm. Don't stop. Keep going. If you want to taste the freedom, keep going. Mm -hmm. So I said to you today, keep going. keep going. When we vote, keep going. Don't give up. The hope is the hope we don't see. So you grew up, there. yeah. You grew up with that, and sound like you still get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sister with the struggle, sister in the struggle, uh, uh, who, whose whose family uh, represented that and 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 lived through that, and 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 you inherited that. That's awesome. That's awesome. so so. Um, 
you, you later, I understand you were uh, big on dance. Uh, yeah. that, that dance was a big part of your life. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you took 15 years of, of dance and you were on your way to doing some big things. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. Yes, my, my mom and dad really was dancers. They did, they did the dancing and my dad taught me how to dance because he was a swing out artist. <laughs> so he taught me how to swing. So we just swing out, me, him, and mom. And I went on and went on, so I was going to California because I wanted to join the Alvin Ellie dance troupe, if anybody knows who oh, that yeah. is. Oh, yeah. But um, I was that good, and uh, they told me I was that good. So I asked my dance teacher, I said, if I go away, maybe California or to New York, I said, you think I could, I fit the criteria to be in the Alvin Ellie dance troupe? She said, no doubt, sister. Keep going. Yeah, wow. Wow, wow. And, and so, um, but something happened in, in between that, that uh, you, you uh, found somebody who sort of opened your eyes and opened your heart and, yes. and, uh, uh, that, and you, you found yourself married uh, to, to someone else who loved music. Uh, yes. Married your, your husband, tell us. Yeah, my husband was a trumpet player and he played taps for the army as well. Also, you know, he became really, really good and really big. And musicians, you guys are something. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> I love musicians. That's right, that's right, that's right. I Number love, love. My husband was a trumpet player, and he could blow that trumpet and make words come up out the horn. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it just captured me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He captured your heart. Yes, he captured my heart. But he died in the floodwaters of Katrina. Oh wow! Yes, wow. he was paralyzed, and um, due to infidelity, um, the lady that he was seeing, she shot him and paralyzed him. But I stayed with him seven years after that because I loved him, and I just couldn't see past that. Hmm. I forgave him, and I stayed, and I nurtured him back to health, and. God is good, though. Yeah, yeah. God is good. I see heartbreak in that. Yes. I, I hear it, too, that, that there was love, but there was also heartbreak. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. And from that heartbreak, um, I think that's where the, your story takes a turn. Yes. Um, uh, from the heartbreak of, of the cheating, of the infidelity, of mm -hmm. now a man who you love who's paralyzed, uh, that you're taking care of, and yet you're heartbroken Mm -hmm. by everything that's happened, um, uh, your, your life starts to spin out yes. of control. Yes. Share that with us. Um, I started to, my father-in-law was a drinker, so I used to go to talk to him all the time, so that's how I started out drinking alcohol. And um, from one drink to another drink to another drink to drugs, and I just spent clean out of control. Nothing could, they couldn't tell me anything. Nobody could say anything to me because I was broken. I was hurt. I was despaired. I was everything that you could name except for a child of God. Everything else, I just was broken and sad. And I didn't want to dance. I didn't want to really talk to nobody. I kind of like got in a, a shell and just 
That's what I wanted to do. I sorted to alcohol because I didn't have nobody to really talk to me and really tell me. My parents was trying to reach me, but I had one thing I know I had to do. I couldn't go around them like that. So I always was trying to pull myself together and go, but my mother knew. My mm. mother knew. She could read me. Mm. That Jacksonian could read me. <laughs> she would say, hey, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, you need to stop for me. You're grown, I can't tell you what to do. But I'm gonna tell you this, it's a consequence between, behind everything, your in-between time, you need to find yourself. Hmm. Yeah. And and with her reading you like that, it sounds like even with her reading you like that, mm -hmm. you were kind of far gone already. I you was were you were gone. you were already gone. Mm -hmm. Doing some pretty hard drugs, I understand. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and so in that state, um you weren't doing it by yourself though. You had you had your, your homeboys, your crew, I had my your homeboys. team mm -hmm. that was uh sort of helping to Yes. Helping that whole culture and, mm -hmm. and experience grow deeper for you. Yes. To the to the extent that you all took a trip, I understand, to yes. California. Yes. What was that about? So I took a trip because I thought maybe I could feel um maybe I could get myself together and start back dancing. Mm -hmm. You know, but that wasn't the case at all. It went from one thing to the worst thing to the hardest drug. And that was heroin. So that's my story, and it's not a pretty one. So I lost my life to prison when I was sentenced in 1981 to two life sentences. Not behind nothing that I really done, but behind being in the company of those who had committed a crime, and I didn't have, my mind wasn't even on a crime, just being in the company and being part yeah. of, you know what I mean? Yeah, a part of the people who yeah. did it. Yeah. A part of the people who did it and didn't have no knowledge of what they had done until it was like, oh, I'm in it. Yeah. I'm a part of it. So without going into the details of that, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the essence of it is that uh, you were connected with a group of individuals who who brought someone from California. Mm -hmm. That person ended up being killed. Yes. And and in the process of them finding the people responsible for it, you were in the car with those individuals. I was. Because you were in the car with them, yes. you were you got the same sentence that yes. they got. It, it it doesn't matter if you in, if you if you ride with somebody who has a gun, the same thing. And the po they pull you over, and the police stop you, and they start running that gun. If you're in that car, you're going to. Yeah. And you're going to get the same time that that person is getting. So it's a real. I mean, right now, that's a real good, uh, a real good point to make, particularly for our young people. Yes. Right, young people who are, oftentimes trying to find find their group, yes. find their crew, right, find who they're going to hang with, and yes. uh, sometimes just by being in the wrong place at the wrong time, mm -hmm. exactly. you can find yourself mixed up with situations yes. that you're not a part of, but yes. because you're with the group. And had I been sober-minded, I probably could have got away. But not being sober-minded 
and the enemy had took over, yeah. Yeah. God was going to sit me down for a minute, and he did. So a minute uh, equaling about 30 years. 30 plus. 30 plus. Seven. 30 plus seven. We're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah. So 30 years uh, federal prison. Yes. Um, because uh, federal crime because you cross state lines. Right. Yes. Uh, so now you're part of the federal prison system. Mm-hmm. How'd you make it through? It was hard. It was very, very hard for me. I had never been in anything like that before except for going to jail for what I believed in and for equal opportunities. And um, it was hard. It's different. Federal prison is totally different from state prison. They say federal prison is like a, um, a clubhouse, but it's not. You work every single day. You're up early in the morning and you work. Everybody's assigned to a job. It's not like the state. In the state, you don't have to work. You don't have to do anything. Okay. Um, it's not structured properly, I would say. But in the federal penitentiary, I still had to maintain and try to keep myself, my womanhood, in other words. Um, I went through so many changes. I cut all my hair off because of the simple fact that looked like my hair was attracting somebody. So I had to, I just did whatever I could do. I started wearing um, scullies on my head and scarves on my head and a lot of clothes on. It's just, it just was very hard. But me being from the night ward, I knew how to fight, but I was by myself. So I knew I couldn't fight everybody. You know what I mean? So I tried to maintain. And then I was released. When I was released, I was released to the state. And that was the even harder part. It was even harder for me. I lost like 70 pounds. Wow. So, so before we get to the state story, back in the federal prison, you, you, you actually learned to work with your hands. Yes. And you did a lot of, you talked about the work, the, the schedule. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of work are you talking about? What, I'm talking what? about building furniture. I was a furniture builder. Um, build anything from credenzas and bookcases to a wastebasket, desks. I could build anything, any of this, wow. that, just build. And I, I learned that and it kept my mind occupied because I stayed wanting to do something. So I told my boss that I wanted to work overtime. He said, are you sure? You work enough hours. You work four hours already overtime. I said, I need to work longer than that. So I put all my energy into working. I put all my energy into um, mentoring young girls that was in prison and that was on the line with me. I did that because I wanted to give back. I was remorseful. I was sorry for being in a spot where I didn't have any business being. But choices and decisions. If you have young kids, grandkids, their choice and their decision that they make will determine their life. And so in, while in jail, now you also have two daughters while you're in yes, jail, yes. right? How did, how, what was that relationship? I, I had two daughters. Um, they were very loving kids, but my baby was like um, the one who held on to me all the time. And um, she was the one that was the most rebellious. My oldest daughter, she died from kidney disease in 2012, soon as I arrived at 
MDOC here in Mississippi. And that was very, very, very hard for me. And um, I didn't have no other choice but to give my life to the Lord because I didn't know him. Hmm. I didn't know him, but I learned to know him. Hmm. And the lesson was so valuable because I didn't have nobody else but him. And I had a friend that used to say, hi, Nisi. Her name was Lily. Jesus loves you. And I used to say it before I gave my life to the Lord and I see every morning. I used to say, yeah, he loves you too. Hmm. And she would say, Jesus loves you. I'm not going to stop saying it. And I just kept receiving it. And one day, oh, he got a hold to me. <laughs> and he wouldn't let me loose. My. But I didn't know that. You know, I didn't know what was happening. I knew I was going through something, but I didn't know what I was going through. And as I tell this story, this story is so, it's so long and it's so good. And it's because it's, it's not about me. It's about the Lord. And it's about serving him. And it's about giving your life and committed and dedicated and living on the promises of God because they are so beautiful. So I decided to just stop doing all what I was doing. I don't want to fight no more. I don't want to fight nobody, Lord. But if I have to, I don't know how easy it's going to be for me to turn other cheek now. Oh, Lord. But I'm, not, I'm just going to go on my way and do everything that I could to help the young people that I was in prison with and myself as well. So you were serving mm -hmm. while in prison. Oh, I mean, yes. it sounds like you, 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 you were men. I heard you talk about mentoring young, young women. Yes. Um, while you were working with your hands, that you were also building mm -hmm. character in young women. Yeah. And you found purpose in that. Yeah. Share that. Share that because a lot of young, young women, they're, they're young girls that they want to be like whoever they see on TV. They want to pattern behind them. But do they know their self-worth? Do they know who that queen is? Do they know who she belongs to? Do she know her self-worth? Do she know herself? Do she know, praying to God, that she has a mother that she can look up to like I did? That's, that my, that's my mentor. My mother was my mentor. She was all of that. Because she, she, she had the qualities of a beautiful black woman. And we don't know, and our young people don't know their real, true self-worth. So I hear you saying you found purpose. Mm -hmm. You found, uh, I'll say, some potential in that you, you understood how to work with your hands. Mm -hmm. uh, but you also found the presence of the Lord. The presence of the in Lord. prison. Yes, I did. All of that you found yes, in prison. Yes, I did. And, and, and all of that, all of that helped to shape you. Oh yeah. Into the person you are today. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. That that all of that was a, a part of the molding process. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That he was, he was shaping you. Yes, he was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel good all the time. Mm -mm. Yeah. Because I fell off. I fell off. You know, I was born for that greatness because my mother and father had instilled that in me. But I got away from it, like children do. They go out in the street and they try to find somebody else to talk to to see how they do it a little different, which is worldly, which is not good, which is not saved. Mm. Mm. When we forget 
about the Lord and put him on the back burner, it's not good. We got to keep him in the forefront because he's the forefront. He's the forerunner. He's the one, you know, in the whole world. Love wins. And we done got away from love. We done got away from him. My God. But people, sisters, brothers, God is the same all the time. He don't never change. We leave him. He don't leave us. Wow. Wow. We leave him. Yes. He doesn't leave us. No. He doesn't leave us. No. Wow. So, so, so uh, I, I want to get to the transition from federal to state. Okay. Because this is where the story gets really interesting from a, from a policy perspective. Yes. You left federal prison mm -hmm. thinking that, because you had spent 30 years, you, had done, you were finished with your sentence after 30 years, mm -hmm. and you left the federal thinking that you were about to be released. Yes. What happened? Yes, because I was, I, I think I said I was sentenced to a concurrent life sentence, mm -hmm. which means every day I did in the feds, I did in the state as well, for the state as well. But Mississippi didn't see it that way. They came to pick me up and bring me here, and I stayed seven years. So you stayed seven years over, over. the sentence yes, that you were supposed to serve? Yes, sir. So you spent 37 years in prison? Exactly, short of 38 years. Just short of 38. Mm -hmm. and, and I understand you would still be there now were it there. not for the work of a group, an advocacy group, that found you, made made your story known, yes. and got you out of there. Of the legal team of um, People's Advocacy Institute here in Jackson, which I belong on that team right now today, thank God. And um, we they advocate for women and men as well. And um, that was my team that came to get me out of prison. Wow. And um, they couldn't even get in at first. They wouldn't even let them in. I was like, yes, indeed, but I know somebody that's mm. greater than them. Oh, my God. oh, I serve a God that is great. And we can't even, I can't even ignore that. So even if you, even if you, you think you're coming to the end of your rope, you got to tie a knot and hang on in there. Because God is good. When I tell you, I didn't see nothing, they had threw away the key on me. Yeah. They had threw away the key. Yeah. They told me when I came in with my clothes on, oh, that's the last you'll see of them clothes. You won't be wearing them no more. Yes, indeed. But I got on my knees and I cried out to the Lord. You didn't give me a spirit of fear, Father. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my shepherd. Mm. I shall not want. And I just start quoting scripture and quoting scripture over and over, and telling the Lord how far he has brought me. In 1981, when I look back, I didn't know you, but I acknowledge you now in all my ways. Everything that I do, I ask you to go before me. I ask you to be with me, to guide me, before me, to lead me, behind me, to watch me, and above me, to bless me. Because I belong to you, not nobody else. They told me I had cancer when I came to the world. He said, who told you that? I said, it don't even matter. If you don't see it, I don't have it. <laughs> 
My God. My God. My God. God. Has God has been good. God has been good. He's more than good. Wow. He deserves all the praise, all the worship. Why don't and we you? Why all don't you? have a story. My God. My God. My God. Yeah. What a story. What a story. So, I, I mean, and, and it's, it's easy to shout over it now. But to live through that, mm -hmm. to walk through, and to know you're serving time that you're not supposed to be serving, right? I mean, you can shout over that now, mm -hmm. but when you're in that, mm -hmm. I'm sure there were some moments when you were asking God, what is this all about? Yes. You know, this is not fair. I've done my time. Mm -hmm. And where are you, God, mm -hmm. in, in all of this? Yes, and I, I went to sleep one night to just get through it. I went to sleep one night and I had a dream. And in the dream, because I don't dream regularly, I didn't dream at all in prison. I couldn't, I was trying to keep my eyes open. <laughs> I couldn't sleep all it. So I dreamed one night and it said, be still and wait. Mm. And I was like, I was trying to come up out of that because am I dreaming or I'm in heaven? Which one? Because I'm like trying to see because the lights was bright and it was white and it was beautiful. Be still. Wait. Wait. I just kept seeing that. When I sit up the next morning, I was like, be still and wait. It wasn't long after that. I had, they called me and told me that the parole board wanted to see me. And I went to the parole board. And he said, are you ready? I said, sir, I'm so ready to, I can't, there's no words to describe it. He said, well, you're not leaving now. I was like, oh my God, they're messing with my head now. So I waited and I waited. And my wait was always long. My weight, everything was always, it was always something getting in the way. So I had to go back to the Lord and say, what is it, Lord? Clean me up. If I still need cleaning, clean me up. If I got to stay and you want to finish cleaning me up, do what you have to do. Do what you got to do. Because I need to be cleaned up all the way to go. Now, the only thing I was doing was mentoring to young girls. That's all I can do. And I kept on writing. So sisters would pass and say, just like in prison, it's prison, the mentality is, oh, look, who you writing? Is you telling on somebody? Telling on somebody? Means snitching. No, I'm writing the young kids that I mentor to in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is 32 of them. I lost five of them to, to gang violence. So I explained that to them. So they even asked me, well, are you in a gang? You must be in a gang, because you're always writing something. I said, yeah, by the way, I tell you, I'm in a gang. I didn't, I didn't even want to give it to you like that. I said, but yeah, I'm in a gang. What gang you get? Who? I said, Jesus gang. Is that all right? Now, if you want to go against that, I'll fight real good. My God. Wow. So let, let, let's, let's wrap this up. Yes. Um, the, um, 
one, one thing I want to put on the congregation's heart in terms of the policy. Um, so you were released in 2018? Yes, sir. Released in 2018. Yes, sir. Serving nearly 38 years, almost eight more than you were supposed to. Yes, sir. But the state currently has you paying a monthly fee yes. to them to for supervision fees. Is that yes, right? Yes. Is that what it's I called? I say I'm paying to be out. Yeah. So you. That's what I so think. so hear this now. She served almost eight years longer than her sentence, but every month the state charges her a fee to supervise her. And, and y'all wonder why we're doing prison reform work, right? You, you wonder why, we, why we're ch challenging the restitution centers across the state? Because the, the system is broken. Yes. We, we, need, we, need, we need to think through better policies uh, that, that people are not, number one, serving past their time. Mm -hmm. People are not in these centers that are, are, are making them work beyond the debt that they owe and they're in a cycle that they can't get out of. Mm -hmm. This is why we do what we do. And won't you help me thank Denise for sharing her story with us. And I wanted to tell yes, you something that I lead the, the clemency campaign here in Mississippi for the women that I left behind that said I was snitching, <laughs> that I was writing because I was snitching. But I was writing to Lumumba Foundation yeah. as far as the legal team to get me help get me out of prison. So I've been doing this work ever since my feet touched the ground. I got out of prison May 29th in 2018. The next week, the mayor from New Orleans said, I heard your story and I wanna fly you into New Orleans mm. to tell your story to the Essence, mm. at the Essence Festival, and I did. And wow. I've been going back ever since for two years. So my work is truly of advocacy and those children that I could help. If anybody here has heard of Kenley Young yeah, Juvenile, sure, sure. I have um, put in to go there and I went there to talk to them, but they have changed directors, I understand. So now I'm trying to go in there to talk to the young people because they well, need to We got to some connections story. here, Kay, that can help make that happen. Yeah. Amen, amen. And anywhere else. Amen, mm -hmm. amen. God bless you. Come on, let's celebrate her again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome to stay up here if you want to. Okay, okay, it's fine. All right. We want to transition to our second guest. Our second guest, Aaron McCarthy. Amen, amen. Aaron McCarthy, won't you welcome her? Give her a K-Chapel welcome as well. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess you can sort of tell what Aaron does. Um, uh, I met Aaron a couple of weeks ago as well. You go ahead. Um, there's a song that, that uh, is very familiar to us. It simply says, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. As I am waiting, Lord, yielded and steel. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Make me and mold me, master, I pray. This, this, this song and Jeremiah 18, Jeremiah 18 verses 1 through 6, 
is a passage that um, really speaks to what what we're about to see. Um, Aaron is uh, from Jackson. She, <laughs> amen. She uh, is a graduate of, of Ole Miss University of Mississippi, and uh, it looks like you had some help out here. <laughs> hey, all. Uh, yeah, I was born and raised in Jackson, um, and I went to Ole Miss to get uh, an athletic training and biology degree. Um, which, by the way, I'm not using at all. <laughs> um, I started ceramics my freshman year of college when my sister was a senior and she needed one more class to take and so me being an annoying little sister I was like I'm gonna take it with you <laughs> she hated it and I loved it I fell in love immediately and um, I I wanted to go to nursing school um, and I didn't get in for the only reason that I can say is that God said no. Um, after I didn't get into nursing school, I came back to Jackson just trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to do. Um, I became a sailing instructor at the Yacht Club of Jackson. And through the Yacht Club, I found the Craftsman's Guild. And they, um, they gave me a studio, and they gave me a kiln, and they gave me... Um, a place where I could find family and art and so now I teach um, I teach children how to make pottery and I do things like this um, never in front of such a large audience though so I'm a little nervous um, and yeah so. well welcome to K Chapel you don't have to be nervous amen yeah thank you for thank you for coming so, so uh, Aaron and I met a couple of weeks ago as well, and uh, I was telling her what I, what I wanted to do, what I envisioned this service being. Initially, I envisioned me preaching and Aaron just making pottery. That's what I envisioned this would be. And, uh, and then I met Denise, and that's when I was like, okay, Lord, what are you doing? What are you saying? And, and things just shifted completely from, from what I had planned. But I, I guess that's what we are to be yielded and, and, and steal for the... Potter to tell us what he wants to do. Um, and so uh, I thought we'd just talk through some of what, what, what you're doing now and what I saw. She invited me to uh, come to the studio and uh, got a chance to see it up close and work with the clay and, and uh, that, that's an experience all by itself. Um, but talk about what you're doing right now. This is, this is like prepping the clay. What's, what's going on right now? So, so much goes into prepping the clay that to make it even workable for me even before I get it. I get it in these big bags. Um, but after I do that, I have to make it so that it's all consistent. And that takes a lot of preparation for me. It takes a lot of physical work. Um, it's not easy. And it's something that you have to learn how to do. It's not just like making bread. It's, it's not like just folding it in on each other. You have to get all of the air bubbles out. Or else it won't be workable. It won't be centerable. And then after it's put on the wheel, if it's not the right consistency, it'll just fall apart. Okay, okay, stop right there. So, so before you can even put it on the wheel, you, you have to get the clay ready for the wheel. Yes. 
before it can be made into anything, it has to be prepped. Yes. Right. And so, so, so what I hear from that, the first point is that the clay must be prepped before it, it can produce anything. Before it can be productive, mm -hmm. it has to be prepped. Yes. For, these are life points, by the way, if you want to write them down. Uh, the, the clay must be prepped before productive. So, so, and I heard you talk about air bubbles, that, mm -hmm. that there's, a, there's a pressing, there's a molding. And I, I saw you. I, I know you all saw it, too. I mean, you, were, you weren't just up there. I mean, you were getting into it. You were oh, yeah. leaning into it and, and really pressing that thing and pressing the air out. Mm -hmm. And what I take from that, y'all, is that uh, sometimes God has to really press us, has to really, I mean, really get into us in order to get some stuff out of us, that, that there's sometimes air, hot air, uh, arrogance, air. Uh, conceitedness, pride, all of that stuff that he has to press out of us. Uh, and, and we don't like the way that feels, um, but, but, but if we're going to be of any use, we have to be first prepped. Yeah, we have to be prepped. And, th and then I heard you say it, if, that, if, if, if it is not prepped, then it's not centerable. What do you mean by centerable? What, what is centering? So centering is putting the clay in the exact middle of the wheel. So as it spins, um, you can tell that this is centered now, but if I push uh, it, it is no longer. And I can't throw a cylinder out of that anymore. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I have to physically put it where it needs to be in order it for me to do any to go to the next step at all gotcha gotcha so center cent centering it before it can centering. be so so before you can start to build it it first has to be centered yes yeah At point number two uh be before before you can build it the clay must be centered before it can be built up. Before You are the clay, by the way. You do get that, right? And, and so the question becomes, what's centering you? What's centering you? How are you centered? What's centering you? If you're going to build your life up, what are you centering it around? Because if it's not centered correctly, it's out of balance. You saw that, right? If it's not centered correctly, you're going to be lopsided. And, and, you, and you're going to uh, uh, perhaps value things that you should not be valuing, uh, putting more emphasis on things that should not be emphasis. We sing the song all the time, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. How are you centered? Are you centered on Jesus Christ or are you centered on material things, things that are fleeting, things that will cause your life to get out of balance, out of whack? I, I, I'm thinking about your story just a moment ago. You're talking about the, the things that started, you, you know, you, you, you were... You had a centering of values from the sense of, 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 of what was important socially. But after a while, those things didn't really matter to you as much. You know, you, you, you had a life of, 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 of dance. You had a life of music. Uh, but, but after things got out of whack, that, that was no longer the center for you. And, you. and your life got out of balance. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so what do we see now? What's, what's happening now? So now I'm going to open it to make the inside of the form. I haven't really decided what I'm gonna make yet. Uh, I'm gonna figure it out though. I think I'm gonna make a vase, maybe a bowl. So wait right there, wait, you just said something. You said you hadn't figured out what you're gonna make yet. So that's a work in progress for you. Absolutely. You're, you're figuring it out as you go. That's an interesting, 
interesting analogy that that doesn't work, <laughs> right? Because all analogies break down at some point, right? So, so as earthly potters, they figure it out as they go. But our heavenly potter, I wish y'all would come on and go with me. He already knows what he's doing at the wheel. When he sits down, he knows what he's up to. That, that, that's the beautiful thing. And, and, but I've also noticed that you've been adding water this whole time. Why is that necessary? Um, if I don't add water, it won't be usable. Um, it'll get stuck to my hands and it'll fall apart in my hands because um, the clay likes to stick. Hmm. Um, oh, but uh, it, it gives like it's like fluid in an engine. Like it allows everything to work. I'm seeing it. Wow, y'all see that? Y'all seeing that? You get a good good shot of that? I mean, so you're you're really building it up now, and and it's the water that keeps it soft enough for you to work with it, fluid enough for you to work with it. If there's not enough water, then it's not fluid. There's not enough water. It's just dirt. It's just dirt. It's just dirt. <laughs> Some, I, I feel my help coming right now. <laughs> Yeah, so, so, so you need water. Watch this. You need water to keep it back. You, you, you have to, the, the, the voices sing that song, you need another dip. Yeah. My, my soul went back and got another dip, right? That, that every, every time that the water is added, it means that the clay is that more pliable in the master's hand. Oh, yeah. Without it, Jesus said, listen, I am the living water. Wish I had some Bible readers in here. He, he said, and if you drink of the living water, you will never thirst again. He said, in fact, there will be a, a wellspring a that will flow from your belly, living waters. Yeah, and so Jesus is the living water that keeps us pliable in the master's hand. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now, um, interesting thing I'm looking at here. Your hands are on the inside. Yes. I think... And, and this, this messed with me because when I came to the shop, um, you know, this was my first time on a potter's wheel. I'd never done anything like this. But I was always mesmerized by the outside of the thing. And I really was not paying attention to how much work you were actually doing on the inside. That yeah. your hands are as much on the inside, if not more, on the inside than they are on the outside. Absolutely. Why is if the inside's not usable after it's done, it's just pretty. It's, mm. it's just something to look at. If the inside is not usable when it's done, then it's just pretty. I told y'all it was going to be a sermon up here, y'all. Y'all. So, so, so there's there's work on the inside that has to be done. There's work being done on the inside. The potter's hand is on the inside as much as it is on the outside, if not more. And we're often concerned about how the thing looks on the outside not recognizing that God is doing a work on the inside. And if the inside is right, the outside will take care of itself. Jesus says this to his disciples one day. He said, listen, you're concerned about the outside of the vessel, but it's the inside of the vessel that makes it dirty. Clean the inside and the outside will be all right. So, so, so recognizing that, that, that the potter, look at that. Look at the inside work that's happening right now, that her hand 
is all the way down in the inside. The Holy Spirit is that work that works on the inside of us. And if the inside is right, the outside is of use. My God. That's beautiful. That's, I, I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it's looking good. It's going to be a beast. And that, that started out with just, y'all remember how that started? Just a lump of clay. Just a lump of clay. Every movement of the potter's hands matters. I'm looking at, I'm looking at how you're, like these little indentions that you're making right now. I don't know if we can get a close-up of it, but as you were just moving your hand through I mean, every little movement that you're making shows up on that clay. That's how you know it's mine. Ah, that's how you know it's yours. See, she just put that in. Yeah. See, I just... <laughs> she, she, said, she said, that's how you know it's mine. God stamps us, y'all. Look, the, the, the master's hands, it, 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 that's, my, that's my work. That's my work. Every, 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 every piece that I make has my mark on it. I don't know if you can tell, but it's the bottom of it has my signature on it. <laughs> I can dump it out when I'm done. Right, we'll get it in a minute. But you, you, you put your signature on it. Yes. You put your and and but even if I didn't see the signature, if I know your work, I I should be able to look at it and know that's Aaron. That's Aaron. That that's got the care. Oh, good God, that's got the character of Aaron. That's got the that's got the look of Aaron. And and as works in the Potter's hand, we ought to look like our daddy. We ought to look like the works of our father, that he's constantly working us, and and people ought to be able to recognize us as the master's work. Wow. So I noticed that, that along with the hands, you're doing something now with your feet, that it's not just hand movement. You've you got some foot movement going on. Yeah, Look so at I've, that. Look at that. I have a pedal down here which controls the speed. So the pedal at your foot is controlling the speed of the wheel. Yes. Um, so it's not just going by itself. No. Um, and it can't all be one speed. I couldn't do any of the intricate work if it were going really fast. Huh. So you are in control of the speed. 100%, yeah. 100%. Folks, uh, you might be on the wheel of life, and you feel like life is spinning out of control, but God's got his foot controlling the speed. You, 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 you think you're going faster than you can handle, but God's got his foot. He's controlling every revolution, and you're not going to spin any faster than he says. You're not going to spin any slower than he says. He's in control of every evolution of your life. And what I noticed was, wow, look at that. What I noticed was, it, it was that when you were spinning it pretty fast, that your hands were really close. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that? That when it was spinning fast, her hands were close. And that says to me that when life starts spinning fast, God gets closer. You, you, he's not going to let you fall off the wheel. Why? Because you are precious to him. He's looking at his work and he's saying, listen, I, I put too much into this. 
than to let it just fall off because of speed and I'm not watching. He's, he's got his hand on you. And, and, and Denise, when it looked like your life was spinning out of control, the master's hands were still on you, still around you. Good God. Now, there was, there was, I don't know if you're going to do it here. It looked like you may have used most of the clay that you started out with. But when I was at your studio, I, I started out with a block of clay, maybe like that. And it, I was proud of my little clay. <laughs> I was proud. I, I thought I was doing good. I, and I, I was ready for her to say, oh, for your first time, you're doing good, Pastor. She never said it. <laughs> she never said it. But, but I was, yeah, there I am. I'm but working. But he was so excited. <laughs> She said, I was so excited. So I was working on the clay. I was working it. You see me? I got my hands in there. I'm getting it. Uh, and I was, try, I was about to try to build it up like that. And as I was building it up, the whole thing just fell to the side. And you see that big donut on the top? That, that's my donut that fell off the wheel. And, and, and when it fell off, I wanted to put it back on. And just, you know, because I'm figuring it's clay. You, all you got to do is put it back on the wheel and put some water and keep going. And she said, no, actually, you, you can't reuse that on this. But you can put it in this, and there was a little bowl down there, a collection of clay. And I said, well, why, what are you going to do with this if I put it down there? And you said. Uh, I recycle it. You recycle it. Everything's reusable. Everything's reusable. There is no throwaway. I throw away nothing. You missed your shout. There is no throwaway. There is no throwaway. That, 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 that you're looking at it and you're crying over what you lost, but the potter is looking at it and saying, yeah, look what's left. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. I got something left to work with. And, and, and oftentimes we look at what we lose in life and we cry over what's been lost. But the potter is saying, no, guess what? I'm going to use that later for my purpose, for my will. Uh, last thing, last thing. Uh, you told, that is beautiful. You told us that, um, um, that, that it takes about two days, one to two days, depending on the humidity, mm -hmm. uh, for, for pottery to dry. Once you take it off that wheel, mm -hmm. take about one to two days for it to dry. But once it dries, air dries, you told me that if you didn't like it, you could put that back on the wheel, mm -hmm. put water on it, and start all over again. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. After it dries, it can be reworked simply by adding water. Just I'm sorry, go Just ahead. because it looks done doesn't mean that it's the end. She said, just because it looks done doesn't mean it's the end. Just, Denise, just because it looks done doesn't mean it's the end. Mm. You're looking at it and you're thinking, can't, can't nothing else happen with this? It's done. It's over. I've been through too much. I'm too old. I'm dry. That's done. And God says, no, not in my hands. There's more I want you to do. I'm not through with you yet. There are more girls I want you to mentor. There are more systems I need you to speak to. There are more, there are more, there's more advocacy that I have for you. 
in the potter's hands. Wow. I'm not through with you yet. The potter is still working. Can y'all bless God for that? Wow. In fact, Aaron, if I got it right, I think you said the only thing that finishes a piece of work is putting it through the fire. Yep, put it in the kiln. Mandy, if I don't, if don't know nobody else feel it, I feel it and you feel it. You said put it in the fire and that seals it. You do know the Holy Spirit is a sealing, perfecting fire. And if you want to be finished, you got to go through the fire of the Holy Spirit. He puts the final touch on who we are and what God has called us to be. Thank you so much, Aaron. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. One last touch. Look at that. 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 Come on, bless God, y'all. Bless God, y'all. Wow. Nice. Thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. The doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. You've heard the gospel. You've heard the message. The message is that God is not through with any of us yet. Stories that we think are the end for us, that God looks at it and says that I'm still, I'm still writing this story. You're still on my wheel. I'm in absolute control of your life. If you're here this morning, we invite you to come. The doors of the church are open.
in the potter's house. If you need salvation, in the potter's house. If you need deliverance, in the potter's house. The potter wants to put you back together again. Oh, the potter wants to put you back together again. Hallelujah. Come on, let's bless the Lord in this house. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Listen, listen, if you want to hear more of Denise's story, you can go online, Google Denise Coleman at Decarcerated, Decarcerated. It's a podcast, and you can hear more of her story at the Decarcerated uh, podcast. Look under Denise Coleman. There are lots of stories there. Hers is a two-part story. That's how good it is, y'all. So check that out. Also, if you want to see some of Aaron's uh, work, you can go by the Mississippi uh Craftsman's Guild on Rice Road. Rice Road and in, in, in the uh, shop there is a lot of her work, but also you do classes, is that right? What are your classes? I do adult and children's classes twice a month. Um, the children's classes are always in the summer, but if you just contact the guild, they'll let you know when my next class is. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you again for sharing your stories with us. We thank you for this day and thank God for it. Amen. God bless. God bless. Listen, we're standing to our feet. We do want What do we have? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Ushers, junior ushers, come on. We got some swag bags for our guests. Amen. God bless you. Thank y'all. Y'all make them feel so, so welcome. That's awesome. Some swag bag, K-Chapel swag bags. Thank you for being our special guest on this app this morning and this afternoon. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Listen, we want to remind you that the benevolent trays uh, and baskets are at all of the exits. We want you to give liberally, give as God has prospered you to give, particularly keeping in mind those who are in need in our community during this flood uh, event. Uh, we want to be of assistance to them. Uh, we have lots of, uh, of resources that are being made available to those who are in need. If you, if you are in need of emergency assistance or if you know someone in need of emergency assistance, by all means, check with our Benevolence Committee. Brother Sims uh, is, is organizing the effort for emergency housing uh, during this flood. Contact Brother Sims of our Benevolent Committee. He will get you the information and the resources that you need. Uh, again, give liberally in our Benevolent Offering. The ushers are at the doors collecting as you depart. We're standing now for the benediction. Somebody said, I'm not going to let you out if you let you put something in. I heard you. Amen.
God bless you. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. <laughs>